Our mantra all year has been capitalization and old school. And although 2021 is about as old school as you can get, Oklahoma State typically is viewed as a high-powered offense that can't always win the big one. Well, Bedlam is the big one, or usually the right to get to the big one. So it was really nice to see Brian Nardo also reach into the bag of old school to help us get this W. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Lockdown Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Lockdown Oklahoma State. You already know we're available on all of your podcasting platforms. Make sure you go leave a review visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter at All Day O State. Today, partially brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown college and use that code for a first deposit match up to $100. Old school and capitalization have been the theme on this show since the summer, spring, fall, all the way into the year. The beginning of the year, we weren't old school. We looked like the traditional Oklahoma State offense, or at least we were attempting to look like the traditional Oklahoma State offense that most people nationally know us for. Since we've dipped into the old school bag of tricks, We've seen a completely new team, a completely new offense, and Alan Bowman has been more than serviceable. Matter of fact, I would say this last game, after rewatching the film, there were some throws that were just ridiculous, of course. But overall, he did actually play a pretty, pretty big game. Leon Johnson had some big, big catches. Rashad Owens had some big catches. Brennan Presley had some big catches. Blaine Green actually came through in some crucial moments, as did Josiah Johnson. When you're running the ball, like we've been running the ball, with the tight ends, with the fullbacks, with the pulling tackles, with the pulling guards, with the interior linemen getting up to the second level. That's old school. The 2021 defense was also categorically old school. You could easily classify it as that because 2021, 1984, you could debate back and forth. But those are two likely the best defenses in Oklahoma State history. But speaking of history, if you go back – you got to dig back quite a ways to get to old school Oklahoma State, aka Oklahoma AM defenses that were able to shine in a Bedlam W. So let's go back through memory lane real quick. 1917, we blinked OU 9 to 0. I'd say it's pretty good defensive performance. 1924, we did it again 6 to 0. When you blink in, Pretty good shot that your D's carry in the water. 1932, we did it again, 7 to 0, blanked them. 1933, we blanked them again, 13 to 0. Of course, 1945, national title team with Bob Fenimore at the helm. And that defense was able to hold OU to again a big fat zero points, 47 to 0. We don't lay a bunch of uh, goose eggs defensively for the, the OU crowd to enjoy. But we do do quite enough. And even though we have been viewed as an offensive team, back in the day-day, I know it's way in the heyday of the the back-in-the-day days, but that's what we were. That's what it was. All right, 1976, Jim Stanley led Oklahoma State. Now, OU averaged four-point yard 
4.6 yards per play. They did have 235 yards rushing at a five-yard per carry clip, but they only passed one time and completed it all day. Now, we only completed four passes back then, but have no fear because Terry Miller was here. And he was able to jump off the pages with 159 yards and four touchdowns. Charlie Weatherby was out. So Harold Bailey got the start in place. You had Skip Taylor in the backfield, Robert Turner in the backfield. They also chipped in alongside wide receiver Sam Lyle, Ricky Taylor, and Gerald Bain. But it was the Terry Miller show for sure. Offensively, it was huge. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up guys like Daria Butler, who was also part of the last two times we played and beat BYU including um, when BYU was number 17 in America, and we beat them in 1974, 16-6, followed by a 1976 W when we won a share of the Big 12 title, and we stomped BYU in the Tangerine Bowl, 49-21. John Corker was another pretty famous alum linebacker on that squad as well. Then you get to fast forward, but that was an offensive W, 1995. You could say this is probably defensive, right? 12-0, but the goose egg. On the Sooners, Bob Simmons did a very good job game planning this game. And, of course, OU did their thing, right? They had 17 first downs, 313 yards, including 210 yards through the air at 4.2 yards per play. Not, not too bad. A few turnovers definitely helped us quite a bit. Tony Jones proved to be a decent quarterback and a weight room quarterback at that. No tush push needed for Tony Jones. Tony Jones is going to run over the defensive line and the linebackers for touchdowns, which he was able to do. David Thompson did more than enough. And we all remember R.W. McCorders had multiple big receptions and massive pick in the fourth quarter as OU was driving the field. Lorenzo Green was a four-point beast, a.k.a. he was like Justin Kirkland of the olden days. Third down and fourth down, goal line stops for us were massive in that game. Terrence Richardson had a couple of big you know, momentum swinging grabs, but Lewis Adams deflected several passes in the red zone. Kevin Williams was one of the, the dudes back in the day. And a little fun, interesting fact, uh, we also had a, a running back on the roster in 1995 named legitimately Boogie Johnson. I just figured I'd throw that in there. 1997. Now, 1997, I could do a whole episode on. Matter of fact, maybe someday I should do an entire episode on 1997. That's the most special year to me as a kid growing up that solidified me being 100% locked in and loaded, or locked in, I should say, to being a, a diehard Cowboy fan. I've seen the game in 95, but I was young, right? I, I, and I do remember David Thompson doing some cool stuff. And then I remember seeing RW McCorders as a really young kid and I, I thought it was interesting that we had somebody that played multiple positions on both sides of the ball. So he obviously piqued my interest. But 97 was the year for me. The Mizzou game, even though it was a loss, right, that's still one of the most exciting events I've ever been at. Pretty comparable to the Bedlam from the other day. But, all right, before we jump into 1997, y'all, you do know that I do have to let you find folks out here know today that from a medical standpoint, there is nothing in the game that's going to prepare you or have you more prepared than Jace Medical. Guys, we all know, right, the, the difficulty that can come with the shortages and how they can affect you getting your medications. Jace Medical is going to help you sort all of that together. Right. 
we can get fired up about wins. We can get fired up about who starts or who sits or who should have had more yards. And today, I, I want this whole thing to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. Now, you got to realize that means bring on the extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue because we got you covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, Ravito, or whatever. It's, it's possible to have all of y'all hooked up with Jace Medical. So, Go there now, chasemedical.com, to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. Verified customer had to say this recently about Jace, y'all. I am so thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half, and I had to do it. I order most of my daily meds with a full-year supply. I also order the antibiotic kit i now feel very secure prices are lower than local pharmacies so i highly recommend this for everyone if you or someone you love needs to get more peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medications go to jacemedical.com and see what's offered for you remember make sure you use the promo code locked on all one word for 20 dollars off your purchase the Jace case is there for you. Do not get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during all of the unexpected times. Go get linked up with Jace Medical today. You will be thankful in the long run because you'll be more prepared. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Could anyone been more prepared than the 1997 Bob Simmons squad? Yeah, I guess it's possible. But, okay, we're going to go back. Again, a little offensive type of struggle here. Guys, we were ranked. We beat OU in Norman 30-7. to And, again, 1997 was just like the biggest year for me. Right now, uh, you should argue the fact that the best turnaround, and possibly the history of Oklahoma State, definitely the best turnaround in the country right now, is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And I'd be ridiculous to not admit that I didn't think Mike Gundy could regain everybody, but he did. He has, so he should be up for Coach of the Year if he wins in Arlington. Uh, but anyways, 1997, R.W. McCorders. I could say that name over and over and over, and it would probably encompass that game. But it was our first eight-win season and first bowl game. Since 1998, the first eight-win season for, for ages, we started 6-0, and got up to number 12 in the country. We beat Texas, Colorado, and OU in the same year. Option football was OU's cup of tea, but our defense was 100% on point that day. Nathan Simmons, Tony Lindsay, they had uh, pretty pretty good games, right? We saw Tony you know, ball out quite a bit. Dante Hill had a big grab. That led us to a, a good field goal right before halftime. Alonzo Mays proved to be a Mack truck, an NFL-style guy that was seeking out punishment 
aka yards after contact. Sean Love had a couple very, very big time grabs. Jamal Fobbs put up over a buck 20 as the quote unquote backup. Don't get me started on the Jamal Fobbs versus Nathan Simmons conversation. But Ryan Akins is a very, very, very underrated fullback that got a couple touchdowns in that game from both the goal line and on a design pass in the red zone. Damon Parker was completely ineffective. We shut him down entirely because of guys like, of course, RW, Kenyatta Wright, Kevin Williams, Andre Waddle had a big game. Ethan Howell had a beautiful pick late, as did Kevin Williams, to kind of seal the deal. The red zone offense was a struggle, but the defense was able to shine through to get us that W in 1997. Very next year, 1998, Bob Simmons leads the Cowboys to a 41-26 victory. I was on hand for that one to watch R.W. McCorders do absolute work. Demond Parker did get some 1997 revenge by personally putting up 220 yards at 9.6 yards per carry. And uh, OU did rush for 278 yards as, as a total. They threw for an average of 22 yards per completion. Now, we did force four turnovers. And we got Evan Howe, the brother of Ethan Howe, very involved from, from the onset. We had a third down guy when needed. We had Tony Lindsay come up big when needed. We had Brian Aiken score touchdown again, a very underrated fullback. Terrence Richardson had a big day as a young cowboy. Chris Carter was headhunting, looking like Markel Martin or Lucian Antoine out there. But this was an offensive fest, right? Clearly, you look at the numbers, you look at the score. The offense kind of had to shine through on this one to get her did. 2001, Les Miles, the 10-1 suitors that were set up to play Miami in the national title. All they had to do was win, lost 16-13. With Chris Massey from Spiral, Oklahoma, being the number one returner in America. Now, also, Pogai did get to start in 2021 opposite of Nate Hibble. Nate Hibble was able to throw for 220 yards and 4.6 yards per completion before we saw the emergence of Josh Fields, who went 19 for 38 and 231 yards at 6.1 per completion. This was basically, to me, I remember back then, it was the Quentin Griffin versus Tatum Bell game. That's what this was for me. And, you know, Tatum outdueled Quentin Griffin. And this is an OU team playing for a potential national title with Teddy Lehman, Derek Strait, Mark Clayton, Trent Smith, Quentin Griffin. But Kevin Williams on the defensive line for O State was moving players around with the crimson and cream like they were in the daggone way, and they were merely an inconvenience. This could have been called interception bedlam with how many picks were thrown all over the place, but O State wide receiver John Lewis played very well. Luke Phillips hit a couple field goals, including a massive 52-yarder late in the fourth. The next number 17 to pay attention to was TD Terrence Davis Bryant. Llewellyn Brown on defense was good. Kevin Williams, Derrick Williams, young Derrick Williams, showed us why he would eventually become an NFL stud. Elbert Craig was also laying people out all daggone day. Kareem Smith was a name that we all need to remember. But the four turnovers was hard to overcome. Thankfully, Tatum Bell did outduel Quentin Griffin and, and Josh Fields with his connections to John Lewis, T.D. Bryant, Billy Bajma. They were great. But that day will always revert back to the term that Rashawn is still open, which is kind of dumb if you think about it, because that's another offensive of W. Because 2022, you thought they'd have covered Rashawn Woods, but they chose to do the exact opposite. They were, again, top three in America. 
10 and one with another possibility at a national title run. Their only loss coming into that game was to Texas A&M by four points. This is the same Texas A&M that was led by Reggie McNeil, Derek Farmer, Courtney Lewis, Jamar Taylor, Terrence Murphy, and Bethel Johnson. This was a good OU squad that legitimately was excited for this game. Matter of fact, Trent Alexander, one of their stars, was bumping his gums not only all week, but how all year they'd waited 365 days for this one. This was their revenge game to make up for 20, 2001 because they don't think 2001 should have ever happened. Well, that revenge never really had much of a chance as OU takes another loss, 38-28, with Josh Fields absolutely roasting Nate Hibble. Nate Hibble's 211 yards were very pedestrian when Josh Fields chunked up 357 with 226. I repeat, 226 yards of them going to Rashawn Woods. And, of course, our main man, Tatum Bell, outdueled Quentin Griffin for a second year in a row, busting out for 106 yards. Quentin Griffin had 102. People tend to forget Quentin Griffin was actually a really good running back. And I love watching Q go against Tatum. Then you got to jump to 2011. See, this is another 2021 or 2001, 2002 offensive, 1995, 1997. The offensive side of the ball seems to be carrying the weight quite a bit. Then you got to jump to 2011. We already know who carried the weight there. Mike Gundy and Brandon Whedon decided to uh, throw for a couple bills. Joe Randall popped off for 151 yards and two touchdowns. Jeremy Smith put on another 119 yards and two more touchdowns. Wall averaging 11.9 yards per carry. Justin Blackman, Tracy Moore, Josh Cooper, Isaiah Anderson, Josh Stewart helped us put up 217 yards as receiver core. The All-American defensive back and return specialist Justin Gilbert had a big pick. Broderick Brown also had a nice pick. But that's an offensive W. 2014, the Mike Gundy-led Cowboys squeak a crazy game out, 38-35 in overtime in Norman, the replunt game. Well, Mason Rudolph did launch up 273 yards at 7.8 yards for completion. Desmond Rowland also helped avenge some of the 2013 game because we were the much better team in 2013, and we watched Blake Bell ruin that for us. But he was in the backfield right alongside Tyreek Hill. Brandon Shepard hauled in seven passes for 156 yards and two tutties. We couldn't stop Samaj P. Ryan or Keith Ford or Blake Bell. As though you did put up 304 yards rushing on us, but it didn't matter because what mattered was Bob Stoops decided to repunt to the fastest player in all of football. That is a blunder, followed by two of the most iconic calls in O State Bedlam history. Whether you want to go with Dave Hunziker's There Goes the Cheetah or Fox Sports Joe Davis, this is Bedlam. That is one of the greatest calls of all time. If you if you don't remember the punt. The repunt, I should say, of 2014, that in and of itself is, is worth the watch. 2021, now we get back to a defensive W. Because Spencer Sanders had 214 yards with a touchdown, but he also had his signature uh, multiple two-pick interception game. He was also our leading rusher with 93 yards on the ground. The half-hobbled, injured Jalen Warren was able to chip in a decent amount with a big touchdown in a timely manner in the game. Tay Martin had a nice day with 89 yards. The young versions of Jaden Bray, Blaine Green, and Brendan Presley showed everybody what we could potentially have. But other than that, and BP going absolutely nuts with 142 yards and just kick returns, that game was inspired and remembered by guys like Brock Martin, Brendan Evers, Colin Oliver, Malcolm Rodriguez, 
Devin Harper, Jason Taylor, Christian Holmes, and of course, that was the beginning of Caleb Williams and his new identity career as a crying, whiny, fingernail painting, bubble bath loathing, big old baby that just so happens to be a Heisman winner because he's a quarterback that played in the one of the weakest conferences ever last year in the pack is whack 12 under the bright, fancy Lincoln log laying lights of Hollywood before you get to this. Bedlam W. Now, I know most of us probably had the same feeling when OU got the ball back with a minute 53 left in the fourth quarter. And that feeling likely was, oh, no, not again. Not again are we going to lose by one, by three, by four, by six in the last few seconds, literally. That's the calling card for these games. So, but Brian Nardo... Decided to say, nah, not today. The Smith brothers, young kids, young cats. I shouldn't call them kids, I guess. They came through huge in a massive bedlam. Gundy talked about how this bedlam did matter afterwards and how amazing and refreshing it was. And it was a good time for everybody to soak this one all in. So Brian Nardo gets an A on the game. Brian Nardo gets an A on the season. It hasn't always been pretty, but you've seen progression and you've seen fourth quarter adjustments, which we can all agree we didn't always see that last year from the offensive side of the ball. We saw second half adjustments from Derek Mason, but this was typically after we got beat up pretty good in the first half of games. So, Brian Arno, congratulations, buddy. I hope that this season has gone exactly, well, not exactly, but pretty close to the way you'd envision because we're seeing the improvement. But I do have a concern. And if I rode Xavier Benson pretty hard last year for being lazy and giving up on plays and jogging down the field while players are running by him, then I have to do the same thing with Kendall Daniels this season. I've been seeing this the last couple games, but, I, you know, I, ah, I, I didn't really know if I could believe in what I saw. And then... When you think of Bedlam, you think everybody on the field is going to go 100% all out, all game, 24-7. Go back and watch. Kendall Daniels was just there a decent amount of the game. And, you know, there'd be pileups of multiple dudes trying to bring down an OU guy. And the OU guy's dragging our two dudes like four or five, six yards. And Kendall Daniels is literally walking beside them, watching all this happen. And then on uh, their running back, number 27, who jutted out for the long touchdown. He took a really odd angle, kind of, kind of ran into the ref, and then just jogged. He didn't even run. He didn't sprint. He didn't try. And I got a couple calls yesterday from people, and they all said, they asked me the same thing. Hey, is there anything wrong with Kendall Daniels? So it ain't just me seeing it. I don't know that there's an injury. I don't know that his responsibility is so magnified that he's not the same headhunter, wild, crazy man that he was last season. I don't know. But we saw the same exact thing with Xavier last year, just giving up in the middle of plays and not running down the field and not chasing down the tackle and not getting mixed up in the scrums. 
And then we see a completely different Xavier Benson this year. We see a leader. We see a captain. We see a dude that is pushing and leading everybody. So maybe we'll see the same transition from Kendall Daniels next season because this is a few games now where there's several clips of Kendall Daniels just jogging with players running down the field. I'm sure that we see it in film, in the film room as well. I hope this is being addressed, but I don't know that we address Xavier Benson being lazy last year because he kept doing it. I don't know that we uh, have addressed it this year with Kendall Daniels because we're still seeing it. So hopefully Brian Nardo can have a come-to-Jesus meeting with Kendall Daniels because he is way too good to be giving half-hearted effort half of the time. That's not acceptable. If you can't go 100 miles an hour all game, then you need a rest. You need a spell. I mean, Kendall Daniels is a dude. He's a savage. He's a stud. He's an NFL talent. But I don't, I don't think the NFL will be – too excited to watch one of the best players in the entire country, let alone the conference, let alone the team, jog down the field when players are scoring touchdowns on the other team. It is a cause for concern. So it's worth mentioning. Uh, another thing, obviously, that's worth mentioning, in today's age, you want to capitalize on the dollar dollar bills. Prize picks probably is uh, where you need to go next because you don't just have to – Bet against the, the numbers, the sharks, the studs. It's just simple. It's more than or less than two to six players' stat projections. That's it. So you don't have to deal with the craziness. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in Northern America. We guarantee you're going to have some fun. And now with basketball season here, you can do a combo pick. So you can take projections from football and basketball from, with specials. And you can go from having LeBron to Travis Kelsey, and you can do a 10.5 combo with how many three-pointers are made plus receptions. If you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Mill Meek and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find Community Plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries of some of the biggest names in all of the Prize Pick communities. PrizePix is the place that you need to go. So go to prizepix.com slash college. Make sure you do use that code LockedOnCollege, all one word, for the first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepix.com slash college for your opportunity to get in on the money making action today. Mike Gundy, he's been in on the money making action for a while because the dude makes a lot of money. My frustration, right, has always been just getting to the mountaintop, right? When are we ever going to get over it? After everything that transpired last year, after our almost refusal to acknowledge it in the offseason, but then kind of quietly build a new offense and work on the new defense and become more run-oriented, more power-oriented, just to follow it up with completely bailing on all of it and going back to the 2011-2014 play calling sheets. Not a good move. Mike Gundy's even admitted that it wasn't a good move. He handled a lot of things uh, this last couple of years not very well. And that's endearing. 
not only to me, not only to some of the crowd that would wish that we get a little bit more out of them, but more importantly, to the locker room, to the players. Like we've had this conversation. We knew about the players only meetings uh, for Iowa State. We knew about the Weiberg Gundy meeting after Iowa State. We knew about the Weiberg Gundy meeting a few days after Iowa State in Stillwater. And we heard about the players meeting that same another week later. And the players decided that they were going to do some crazy stuff, whether it be for success on the field, success in the film, or success on the season. They were just going to buckle down and do their thing. And then in that process, they started seeing Mike Gundy around every single day with his lights on every single night. And the buy-in just started growing, right, from not just the players and a select group of the staff, but to kind of all the players and then to kind of all the staff and then everybody. And then we win this game. That's that full circle moment. I've been telling everybody I've been waiting on this all I ever wanted. And ever since we put out the show that everyone hates me for, we've gone undefeated. So I'm not too, uh, I have no regrets. I I put it that way. Neither, Neither should you. Right. And it, this is what we all wanted to see out of a Mike Gunny-led Oklahoma State squad, then he should be Big 12 Coach of the Year. If he goes to Arlington and we win, that is a National Coach of the Year award that should be given to Mike Gundy. And you never know. Maybe this is the new Mike Gundy. Maybe this is the Mike Gundy that we've all wanted to see, but this is the Mike Gundy. Maybe he re- fell in love with the game. He re-fell in love with evaluation and, and X's and O's and how to how to get mismatches, how to be more creative offensively, how to identify weaknesses on the defense that we can exploit. This is the Mike Gundy that we've all wanted, whether you're on the I think Gundy walks on water crowd or the I hated Gundy this whole time and wish he was gone crowd, or you're in between like me and you love Gundy, you just want more for Oklahoma State. This is that that moment for him. This is a Mike Gundy moment, a massive one. And he, he took care of business. So as long as we don't slip on a banana peel, we should win the next few games. We're not overlooking anybody. We'll start breaking down UCF. But this National Coach of the Year thing, it's growing steam, much like Ollie for Heisman, which we'll talk about next. All right, you know I love you. As always, thank you very much for tuning in to make this your first listen here in Locked On, Oklahoma State. I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. Later, Tater.